0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster, here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 21, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, right out of the chute, let's talk about what's jumping off the page. Obviously, we had follow-through over the 20-period moving average, The trend is your friend yada yada we know all that stuff but the other thing that jumps off the page is the breakdown candle here from the 16th of july and the high that comes in around 436. now first of all we need to understand when the market is in an uptrend and a very strong uptrend on the long-term charts as we already know the draw is to the upside any excuse they can find will send the market higher a la, a phony jobs number an FOMC meeting where they do nothing it doesn't matter what the actual news is if they can use it as an excuse to send price higher that's what they do so we have to notice that this breakdown candle high is very very close to the all-time highs it's just a stones throw away so here's what we're gonna say and we're gonna get into What happens if, meaning what happens if on Thursday we find the market doing X, right? That's what we want to know, don't we? If the market's opening below the breakdown candle high, then the breakdown candle high is more likely to be overhead resistance than it isn't. However, if the market is opening, for example, by the opening bell at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, on Thursday, if it's opening above the breakdown candle high, watch out, all-time highs, they're likely going to do it all over again. If, and it's a big if, but if that's the case, then we draw back to, we have a series of higher lows, that's a bullish thing, we have a recocking of the gun, higher, recocking of the gun, higher, re-cocking of the gun, and higher. So we don't know if they're going to make new highs yet, but that's the pattern that's been developing that's the pattern that's active so we must be aware of it we are the umpire calling balls and strikes how high if they do make a new high could they go would they go should they go well we don't know a number because they're in no man's land but we're in the camp of discussing a nominal new high if they're gonna make a high yet again remember we have big fat round numbers lurking For the next one up, we'll call it 440, give or take, in the SPY. The previous high that was made was about 20 S&P handles below that. That would be a reasonable target if they're going to bust up and make new highs again. What happens if they open below the breakdown candle high? Are we expecting a rejection from said breakdown candle high? Well, we don't know yet. We handle that information in real time Inside the numbers. But what we will say is under normal garden variety market conditions, that spot is going to be overhead resistance. But keep this in mind. Again, this is the umpire stuff. Overhead resistance doesn't mean rejection. Those are two different things. Overhead resistance is really the same as resistance or support, meaning the market will stop traveling in that direction when it gets there but it can still run sideways and then continue on later, or it can get rejected. Resistance or support doesn't mean rejection or rip-your-face-off rally. It means what it means until the next thing takes place. Now, whether we sell resistance or buy support, we have to have somewhat of a full stack of information on the charts to do so. That's, again, something Inside the numbers, that comes from the lazy e-mini trader where I teach all that stuff. This is the continuing education component of what we're doing here. Do we see anything different when we go down to other charts? For example, here's the 240-minute chart. Again, above all the moving averages, that's bullish. Trend is your friend, we know all that. We have a breakdown candle, the same high, around 436 The high of this candle, same deal, 436.06. So there's no change on the 240 chart. 120 chart, a more pronounced breakdown candle. Therefore, the high which is the same, it's handled the same way as the daily chart. It's the same price level for the same reason. We just want to look at all the charts. We want to see if they're all confirming the same thing. They are confirming the same thing. When they're not confirming the same thing, we have to take notice because we may need to be aware of a different thing. Hourly chart, same breakdown candle, same 4 to 36.06 high. Before we run through some other charts looking around the horn, let's take a gander inside the numbers. And as you can imagine, we had kind of a gap and go in a grinding chop shop formation for the most part. So there wasn't a lot of trading opportunities right those type of days leave traders they leave intraday traders at the altar for the most part stocks on the move not a lot of stuff moving around in the pre-market when the market was trading up all night and then the pre-market so it leaves us with limited stocks on the move opportunities there were a few but nothing hit their number except a late edition which was Netflix. Late edition, meaning I put it on the board along with STX on the board after the market opened when I noticed some stocks moving into a potential tradable opportunity. I'm going to start to do more of that on quieter days as long as it is quiet like a day like today where there's not a lot of stuff going on. I'll start looking around the horn and put up some other stuff. Let's go through the commentary and what I'm going to do is just scroll up. You can pause the video and go back to the charts to double-check the work. I urge you to do so. All I want to do is point out a couple of important things. This is the pre-market early thoughts, zero dark 30. We have a couple of things that are important. You want to get the numbers right out in the open, right out of the chute. Opening the day above 432 means the bulls won the coin toss. It's the more bullish opening today. The next spot of overhead resistance comes in in a zone at and a quarter to 433.60. Let's make sure we get a visual on that. Right of the vertical is today's activity, 5-minute SPY chart. You can't even make this stuff up if you were writing a fiction novel. They go right into the zone and basically get into a chop shop formation for the most part in that zone the majority of the morning. We had some stuff down below, we don't need to discuss that because they just took off in the northern direction, but there's more numbers of importance. Let me scroll up a little bit and check out the 935 post. 434 36 is the next number of resistance. Should be a reaction to 433 and a quarter, not a short trade for me, but expecting at least some kind of reaction. And they did have a small reaction. They chopped around there for a while. So we know it was resistance. But again, from the discussion before, resistance doesn't mean rejection. Resistance means they stop going up for a while. They go sideways or come back down. And if they go sideways, we know what that means. It means they're building energy to make another leg or another push higher. 43436 is the next number of resistance. Back to the visualization. There's one line on the screen. It's at 434.36. And what was the high in this candle? 434.37. The high in this candle, 434.38. The high in this candle, 434.35. And they fell away before a little tiny end-of-the-day jam session to get back over the number. So they closed over the number. What does that mean? That's bullish. Again, coin toss at the close goes to the bulls. Assuming they stay up by the market open tomorrow, we'll see what happens. There's another number. We already know what it is. We just talked about it before. It's 436. Now, let me say something else. There's a difference between analyzing the market, knowing your numbers, and being able to take a trade based on probabilities, based on is it a good trade, is it a logical trade, all that stuff. So just because we had the numbers today doesn't mean there was a trade. There was no trade here today. You couldn't just hop on and hope. There was no short trade. The market grinded away until it got to 434.36, and then it pulled back a little bit. That's not a trader's tape. It's just the tape. You take what the market gives you, and you go about your business. We're moving right along. See 942, looking around the horn for some action, late addition to Stocks on the Move, Netflix. The other one might have been right before the opening bell, right? 921, STX before the opening bell. They didn't get to the number, but still yet, I know traders want action. You take what the market gives you, but I'm looking hard to find where the action is. 943, closing candles above 433 and a quarter opens the door for 434.35. Now, if you wanted to take that and say, all right, if they close above, I'm going to take a position, and I'm going to ride it to 434.35. You could have done that. It's not something I would do, but a trader could have done that, and if they got below 433, you're out of the position. We're moving right along. By 10.09, we identified the pivot, the short-term pivot, 433. Remember, that post was a little after 10 o'clock. It was about 10.09, and here you can see they come into the pivot at 10.20. They come into the pivot at 10.30, 10.35, 10.35, they ride it till about 10.40 and then they take off never to be seen again. 4.33 was the pivot. What's the closing price in this candle? 4:33.01. 10.35, no accidents or coincidences. I watch stuff that nobody else pays attention to. We're moving right along. Pause the video, read the notes. I gave you everything when we went back and forth You saw the market, you saw the numbers, you saw the chart, there wasn't anything else going on today, so now you've got the whole ball of wax. By the way, let's talk for a second about STX, Seagate Technology. So here's the situation. It's a daily chart, and I just want to give you an idea of what my thought process was going into inside the numbers, wanting to put this on the board, looking for a number. This is part of the exercise. There's other stuff, other charts, but from a daily chart perspective, I see the breakout area, but I can make a case that there's more than one. And we've seen that over and over again, right? I could say the market ate time off the clock here and broke out, and the market ran up to here, was rejected, and then went higher, so this is also a breakout area. And that's the one I selected. I selected... The lesser of two evils, meaning I selected the lower number, the less risk number. Knowing that they could have bounced at the 80, why? It's a big fat round number, it was a breakout area, but I know Seagate, I've traded Seagate before, tends to have a big spread in the morning, tends to be very whippy, they can go two, three, four bucks in a matter of a minute, so the thought process was, rather than taking the higher number... Let me take the lower one for two reasons. It was a late edition for me. I didn't see it or it wasn't available on my scanner first thing in the morning and throughout most of the pre-market. So I really wasn't watching it. So I didn't have a good feel. Sometimes if I'm watching a stock in the pre-market and it's playing around with the number, sometimes it's telling me that's the number. It's hard to explain, it comes from experience also comes from being a bit bonkers, and inside my head is a dangerous place to be. But I was well aware that they could have bounced at 80, but let me show you something else, and this comes right out of the course from a market symmetry perspective. Let's just look at this from a logical point of view. So here's a high, and if we take this candle, right, the length of this candle, and then we say, well, the market just went back and forth here, so we're just going to eliminate that and say... The length of this candle from around the high where it went back and forth for a couple of days and then the same length from the low gives us right into that zone so that was a rough way to do it i was eyeballing it at the time but i'm telling you exactly what i did and not that that gives me a number but it helps to support the case that i wanted the lower number and by the way in the course lazy e-mini trader i teach market symmetry but I teach it much more methodical than I just went over it. Again, this is the continuing education. If you've already taken the course and you understand the module on market symmetry, how we find it, how we calculate it, how we use it, then you would understand that what I did was part art form and not the part that it's science. But when you take all that stuff, and I had this breakout area. This is the better breakout area. This is the one where the market ran up to and was rejected. So the market thinks that that price level is important. That's better in my visual perspective than this one. So I took the less risky price level. Now, food for thought. The market's coming down, or in this case, STX is coming down from around $85. So it's an extended move, meaning on a short-term basis, like a rubber band. You stretch a rubber band, the farther you stretch it, the more of a snapback or the louder of a snapback you're going to get. That's why we want these morning trades. Duh. But here's something else. So obviously, the stock bounced in the $80 or just below $80 area. But let's just say it didn't and came into this zone. We'll just call it $77 bucks for argument's sake. Using just this area here based on how many times we look at that type of situation, that type of setup on the chart, and then ask yourself this question. How many times is the market just going to blow right through that spot, keep going like it wasn't even there? And The answer is hardly any. Might take a while to turn around, might take a few hours to turn around. But from an intraday perspective, that's okay because you're looking at this area from a daily chart perspective. So it could take all day, it could take a couple of days. But generally speaking, it's not going to take a couple of days. Generally speaking, you're going to get buyers that show up when price hits an area like that. That's why we take the trade. It's a trade, one of these examples of a trade that I'm gonna take 100 out of 100 times so that I can achieve the 80 or 85% of the time that it's gonna work. With the still complete and full understanding that around 20% of the time, it's not gonna work. Maybe it's 15%, maybe it's 17%. I'm rounding, it's a give or take. But around 15 to 20% of the time, I'm still gonna get a pie in the face. Some of those times, it's just not going to work out that day. The next day, you have the rip-your-face-off rally. You look back and say, ah, crap. That probably accounts for four, five, or six of those times. So the amount of times that this really doesn't work is so minuscule that in order to achieve that type of percentage of winners, you have to take a trade like this 100 out of 100 times. That was some soapbox on STX now let's go over and take a look at netflix netflix was a late addition put it on the board at 511.87. when it was a lot higher than that but it came in rather quickly and you can see while it worked it didn't really work it closed above the number but it never gave the minimum required base hit so we're just going to say it was more of a push than anything else they only got above it for a sustainable basis at the end of the day other than that Once they got below the number, the number became resistance. That's why the numbers are important. Support becomes resistance, resistance becomes support. The stop was 508. It's an hourly stop. Does anybody think 508 was important? Stops are important numbers too. That's why they're stops. Stops aren't arbitrary like 50 cents or two points or whatever it is. The market doesn't know about your 50 cents or my two points, but the market knows about 508. How do I know that? Well, the stop is based on an hourly close. First hour closes, 508.50. The low was 507.35. The next candle, the next hour, goes even lower, but the closing price was well above 508. So they didn't close below, so we're still in an active trade. This is painting by the numbers. Forget about emotions. Forget about what you or I might have done or might not have done. We're painting by the numbers. If you want to paint by the numbers, this is how it works. Painting by the numbers doesn't take into an account that I have to meet somebody for lunch. I'm out of the money by 12 cents. Do I want to leave it ride while I'm at lunch not watching it? Or am I going to take a 12 cent loss or a 12 cent gain or whatever it is and go to lunch and forget about it? And it's the latter of the two. So... Painting by the numbers doesn't take into an account that stuff. But let's look again. 13.30 candle, 1.30 in the afternoon. What's the close? 5.08.72. Okay, what's the next one? How about the next one? Closing price, 5.08.40. What's the low? 5.08.36. What's the low here? 5.07.80. Obviously, 5.08 was important. And then, of course, at the end of the day, they jam them back above the original number. The point here and the takeaway is the numbers work. By the way, I know many of you are thinking, what's the 501.65? First, it's below 508, and second, it wasn't on the board. Right. I put it on my chart later. Why? In case the whole thing didn't work, that was the next number. Probably wouldn't have told you about it. The market was going north. Netflix was going south. That means no relative strength. That means I would have been reluctant to make two errors on the same play. Meaning, I'm not going to take a loss at the 511.87 and then 20 minutes later put up another number to subject myself to another loss on the same stock in the same day on a late edition. You see where I'm going with that? That would have been stupid. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, seems pretty obvious. Like They want to get up into the convergence of three moving averages. The 2050 and 100 period moving averages. So whether they get there or not is one case. If they get there, could we expect a reaction in the other direction? And the answer is, intraday, we're not so sure. Would it be easy for them to get above, simply waltz right above it, like whistle past the graveyard, continue higher, close the day above, and the following day, and the following day after that? And the answer is no, it's not going to be easy for them to just bust right through. They can spike into it. They can spend some time up there intraday, but I don't necessarily expect them to whistle past the graveyard on the convergence of those three moving averages right around what? A big fat round number of 225. You see what I'm getting at? And by the way. What's that number? 217.67. What does that represent? That's our weekly number. They got below it and closed below it last week. Now they're above it. Are they going to have a recapture by the Friday close? Maybe. That's bullish. Doesn't mean they're going to run up to new highs right away and keep going, but on its face, it's bullish. It's not bearish, that's for sure. What about the folks down at the transportation department into the 20-period moving average? That's it. They couldn't get through it. There's really nothing to discuss here. This is my A number one canary in the coal mine. Second favorite market leading indicator. As we know, the IWM is number one. And this really isn't going anywhere. It's very interesting. It was a nice day. It was up about 1%. But look where they are on the chart in relation and compared to other markets. Below three out of four moving averages that I follow. SPY above moving averages, okay, we know that. IWM below three out of four, my favorite market leading indicator. The transports, second favorite market leading indicator, below three of four. Any accidents or coincidences? I think not. If it screams higher and has a rip roaring rally, they're still going to have plenty, and I mean plenty, of overhead resistance around 15,150 to 15,250. How you doing? What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? The Q people. Trend is your friend. Anything to see here? Not really. Move it along. It's the same discussion as the S&P 500. We really don't have to go over this one. The XLF, breakdown candle high, 36.81. What was today's high? Let's move over the chart. 36.78, little bit of a pullback. They're hanging around in the same place. They haven't broken down, but they haven't broken up. Getting above all these pivots here, again, this is less likely to be resistant, and it's more likely to be 38, no change. We've been on that case for quite some time. Smash Mouth, pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole, and what do we have here? Well, obviously, they closed above the 20, but they got right up into this breakdown candle high, and more importantly, remember from the other day, When they made this bottom and they finished near the high of the day, we said that was a bullish move. They finished in the green for the day, then they had follow-through and then a big day today up 2%, 5 bucks. They're back to, there's no problem, nothing to see here, move it along. We don't know what's going to happen by the end of the week, but here is the weekly chart, and you can see below the 20-period moving average, And then what would be, if finished at the highs, it would basically be a reversal or a weekly reversal candle near the highs. Pretty remarkable stuff. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't matter what you call the candles. Don't get wrapped up in that stuff. We're just saying, this is a remarkable move. That's what we're saying. Don't fight the Fed. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.